Well, on this one, we got a lot going on. So first, we just recap the Rocky series quickly. And then, we go on and talk about the Javier Baez situation with the Mets. And that takes up quite a bit of the episode. On this new episode of Comes From Podcast, we got a lot to talk about here. Yes, we do. Not all of it pertains to the Cubs. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, um... So, we all know what you're here for, so we'll try to get through this Rocky series as quickly as possible. So... Yeah, uh, this is actually a, a, a good series. Yeah, actually, series for once. For the Cubs. Uh, we won the series. Yes. Game one being the best win of them all. Or of both of them, I should say. Yes. Um... Game one happened while I was at school. When I saw that Patrick Wisdom hit a three-run home run onto Waveland, it did. You were at school at night? Wait. Oh, I'm thinking of the doubleheader. Okay, never mind. Yes, game one was very nice and went well. I forgot what happened. So Rafael Ortega hit a two-run walk-off homer. Right, yeah, for, right. The okay. first walk-off home run for the Cubs since 2019. Yeah, I wonder, uh, I think, gosh, I want to say that it was Jason Hayward that had that walk-off. And that was the last walk-off home run that we had <sighs> against the Marlins. I want to say that that was it, but it might be the, it might be. Yeah, I, it was, had to be one of those games in the series. I remember we hit like three walk-off home runs. Within, in a week, yeah. Oh, I think it might have been. Contreras's walk-off. No, I think that was after one? the series. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, so yeah, maybe... So that might be it. it. Yeah. You know what he said after that series? This comes back to me every once in a while. I remember he said, oh, this feels like 2016. <laughs> he said, this feels like 2016, and they finished with 84 wins. And I was... I was ready to snap his neck. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up, now. I, I well, wouldn't have stupidest things that. I'd ever heard. Feels like 2016. Oh my god! Shut up, please. All right. Anyway. It's thunder in my cellar. It, oh yes. Uh, yeah, we have a hurricane going on. So. Oh. Yeah, I ain't near it though. It's just common Indian weather over there. Yeah, nothing going on over here. We had some rain this morning, but that was all. And my baseball game got rained out for no reason. I guess the field just didn't drain properly. But, um, anyway. Uh, let's oh, David. Rocky series. So, David Bodie. Well, yeah. Go ahead. David Bodie grounded into two double plays with the bases loaded this game. Luckily, both were with no outs, so both uh, got a run across the plate. That's pretty frustrating, but in the end, the Cubs won the game, so and he got both runs in. He did. He did. Got RBIs. That's all that matters. Uh, Wisdom got a hit up the middle. It scored a run. Hermosillo drove in the tie run in the eighth with a piss missile as a double. Yep. And then, um, 
in the ninth inning, Rafael Ortega came up in a tie game at four off uh, Daniel Bard, who, if you were a baseball fan back in 2010 and 2011, you might remember way back 10 years ago, Daniel Bard was a reliever for the Boston Red Sox, really dominant eighth inning guy, threw like a 100-mile-an-hour sinker or something. It was like, you know, nasty stuff. And then all of a sudden... I mean, for in uh, this was in 2011, um, the Red Sox pulled off a like a historic September collapse. They went like seven and 19 and missed the playoffs. It was a whole thing. But during that collapse, he was in Toronto pitching, and he kind of like he started to lose control of what he was throwing, and he gave up a bunch of runs in one outing, and for him, he just didn't regain his form for the rest of the season. Didn't regain his form um, in 2012 either. They ended up cutting him. Um, he bounced around the league, and he actually ended up uh, on minor on a minor league deal with the Cubs. And then he left baseball because of the yips. Uh, he came back, had a whole rehab rehabilitation thing go on. He came back, I think, two years ago, um, back into the league, and he ended up on the Rockies. And he ended up on the Rockies to give up a walk-off two-run home run to Rafael Ortega. So he's had a good season from what they were saying on the radio, but he gives up. He's given up, I guess now seven home runs because of Ortega. So Daniel Ward gives up a game-winning home run. Yeah, that was that, that snapped the Cubs' thirteen-game home losing streak, which was a record. So yeah. And that somehow, despite losing 13 in a row at home, we still have a record over 500 at home. We do. Um, I think that is that extends way back into like 2015 or something. I have an over 500 record at home. A lot of that is from the first half. Second half, not really. I, was, I just meant this year. What? I just meant this year. Oh, yeah, this year. Yes, we do. Our record at home is unspecified on this thing. Um, hmm. Anyway, yeah, that was game one. Ooh. Game two got yeah. canceled, so I had to do a doubleheader the next day. Yes, and game one happened when I was at school. And Patrick Wisdom had to go ahead three-run home run onto Waveland Avenue. And, uh, yeah. yeah, 438 feet, 114 off the bat. It looked a lot farther than uh, 438, but. Oh, dear God. Now, Stephen A. Cohen is saying on Twitter, we'll get to this in a minute, I miss the days when the biggest controversy was black jerseys. This isn't the thing you do when you have a problem. You don't, yeah. you don't exacerbate the problem. He's not helping yeah, no, he's not. Um, anyway, the Cubs won game one by a score of 5-2. to two. Patrick Wisdom got the, the uh, home run, three-run home run, put him on top for good. Bodie and Romine also homered. Romine got his first Cubs home run. Austin Romine, of course. Yes. Austin Romine, he honestly reminds me of, like, a, a paperweight. <laughs> Just... Has a very heavy sounding name. He's just he's a catcher, so I don't really picture him being all that like 
fast. And I just, he just, he's like, I just, he's like a stone. I just feel like he's like a rock. Just kind of would sink if you threw him in the water and he hits a hole in the run. So, yeah. Davies somehow actually had a somewhat decent game. Yeah, somewhat. To my surprise. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Cubs won 5-2 in the second one. And then the yeah, last game... Doubleheaders are only seven innings. So, so we got to shave four the innings The last off. game was an absolute shit baseball. show. The last game, I swear to God, I thought we were going to win this game. I really did. I mean, this the final score of this game was like 13-11. It was, it was the weirdest thing. Cubs put up 11 runs and lost. It was Damn. odd. They played in a bunch of games, I feel like, this season where they just they put up a bunch of runs and lose terribly. Uh, yeah. So it comes off at 13-10. to 10. Uh, Yes. See, someone uh, put out a swim move. <laughs> Who was that? Wait, we scored five runs in the... Yeah, we scored five runs in the... Oh. Second inning. Yeah, second inning scored five. And the fifth run was quite odd. Yeah, double steal. Yes. Um. So Hap started to steal second. Almost at the second base back. He, he stops, which allows uh, Ortega to start running home. And then Hap... Starts running to second again and dives in safely, gets a stolen base and the run scores. I've never seen someone just stop and not go backwards and then just go forward again. Yeah, uh, it was strange, but also the Rockies are terrible at baseball, so yes. Um. So. So, this game looked to be in the Cubs' hands for a little while. They had a 5-2 lead, and then they gave it up with a grand slam to someone with very long hair. It was not Charlie Lackman. Apparently, his name was Joe. Yeah, Joe Connor. Okay. Or is it Connor saying, Joe? Is that says it on uh, the back of his jersey. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I honestly have no clue. I thought it was Joe Connor. Well, regardless, he hit a grand slam in the fourth inning. Let's just let's just was. call him let's just call him the guy with two first innings. Yeah, he had a he had a grand slam in the fourth inning to put the Rockies up six to five. Oh, Trevor Megal, the worst reliever on this team. Oh, Jesus, Trevor Megal is so horrible, and it makes it worse how there's a guy named Tyler Megal in New York who's awesome. That's <laughs> his brother. Yeah. Very confusing. Um, anyway, they had a 6-5 lead, then they got two more runs, so they had a set, an 8-5 lead. And then in the seventh inning, Ian Happ, with down to their final two outs, Ian Happ hit a three-run homer into the basket when there was lightning in the area. And everyone thought people had left and that um, the Cubs didn't draw fans when in reality they were just all away from the seating bowl. And Sox fans loved that so much. Yes. I thought they did something. They did not. As usual. Yes, as Even usual. Even when they're good, they're bad. It's like... It's... 
It's just it's not the right button. It's just the stocks. So yeah, Hap on an inside pitch hits it to left center into the basket for a three-run homer, which tied it. And the next is uh, yep, Ethan. The Rockies, the Rockies got another ninth run. So then down to the bottom of the Cubs get down to the final out. Um, Matt Duffy is coming up. As the runners on first and second. Okay, Duffy grounds it out. Game over, right? Right. But no. We were just kidding. The game was not over. Trevor Story, with his weird shoulder, decided to airmail the throw and therefore tie the game. By throwing the ball into the dugout, high throw, tie game, runners to second and third with two outs. And uh, you think that Cubs are about to win. And then they don't. They do not win. Don't. I thought they were going to. I really did. I got I did. points during that game. I thought they were going to. I thought I didn't think they were going to lose that game. I thought they were going to sweep. Honestly, it. Just after that, I, after that play, I thought they were going to get a walk off hit there. Yeah, me too. I thought the game was going to be over in like a matter of seconds, but yet it just wasn't. I I thought I swear, like at multiple points, even when Ian Happ came up later. With the game still tied and tried to bunt. I was like, somehow we're going to win here. Because he's going to not bunt and swing and get a base hit, right? No, instead he just strikes out and they don't do anything. And they end up losing the game by two runs. I just, I thought that was really weird. Because I, I I can't really explain this very well, but I, I just didn't see them losing. I thought they were going to win. Yeah, that was, that was the same way. But that was not the case. Because Rocky scored four runs the next inning. Yeah, it was not meant to be. Uh, get a tenth run. Robinson. Trino's ground out. But that ended it. Not that ended, but it was. Yeah, uh, they got next 11 round. runs total. And uh, what, they, they got, lost I thought they got 11. I thought they got 10. Nope. They got 11. Did they? I think they did, yeah. Well, let no. me check. Pretty sure it was 10. Yeah, it was 10. It was? Oh, yeah, it was. You're right. You had I'm me convinced I had the wrong score on my post game. Okay. I was getting kind of scared there. <laughs> yeah, um, so Cubs lose. 11 the hits, though. So oh, yeah, that's just all All right. So, we lose, but we... Uh, sweep. I mean, we don't sweep, but we uh, win the series. And yep. who's the MVP in your opinion? Oh, yes, MVP. Uh, gotta be Ortega, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's been really tearing it up. Walk off home run. Nice job. Didn't get the walk off in game three, but whatever. Um, I'm going to say, gosh, I think I'll go with, uh, <sighs> Ian Happ, pretty clutch homer. Yeah, either or. Both I are mean, good picks. Yes, of course. And those are really the two to pick from. 
Yeah, there's really no one else, sadly. So, that is the conclusion of the Colorado series, and now to move on to the elephant in the room. Um, yeah, we should. Yeah, I think we should too. Uh, so, let's, uh, let's get all these uh, roster moves okay. first. All right. So for this, the Rocky, yeah, Rocky series. Uh, doesn't look like we made any move in the middle of it. Well, good. <laughs> good. Well, never mind then. We do have Ross move, but we'll talk about it in the next one tomorrow. Okay. So, um, uh, this episode is currently being recorded on August 29th which is after the White Sox series concluded. We will talk about that later. But, because it is being recorded on August 29th, there is baseball news that is taking place on August 29th, and we are going to talk about it. We will not wait for tomorrow to talk about this. No, that would be stupid, and we don't want to do that. So, um, earlier today, the New York Mets beat the Washington Nationals at City Field by a final score of 9-4. to four. And during that game, Javier Baez, who, of course, was traded over to the New York Mets for Pete, for Pete Crow Armstrong, um, the Mets' number five overall prospect, center fielder who is currently injured. He tore his labrium in his non-throwing shoulder and is recovering. He'll be back next season for minor league ball down in the Cubs organization. But that is beside the point. So Baez went over to the Mets at the trade deadline, and he's been struggling. You know, hasn't been the uh, hasn't been putting up the numbers that I think they hoped he would put up. You know, they they brought him over when Lindor was injured, and they put him in the lineup. They put him at shortstop, and it hasn't really worked out. I mean, you know, it's it's been up and down. But Javier Baez did hit a home run today, and he got a few hits. Mets won. Uh, they've won two in a row against a divisional rival that used to be good, but whatever. And um, during the game, he at second base, and also after he crossed the plate, he turned to his dugout and flipped them a two-thumbs-down sign. And this is not completely uncommon, considering that the 2017 Yankees had that going for them. That was their celebration. Um, yeah, I think even the Cubs took after that in, what was it, 2019? Something. Yeah, I, don't... I mean, teams do that. Two thumbs down kind of means, like, you know, we don't quit, I guess. That's what I would assume it means. You know, people will doubt us, but we don't quit. You know, they might not like us. But we're not gonna... I don't know. Uh, it's not It's not like first time anybody's seen this. I remember all October in 2017, all the Yankee fans were had their thumbs down. It was like, it was like a, a mob. It was just... Can still see Todd Frazier in my head having his thumbs down during the championship series when he was on the Yankees. Um, so after the game, the uh, Baez meets with his son, and he has his son on his lap, and he meets with the New York media uh, to discuss the you know what happened during the game. So at one point, the reporter asked Baez, "So what did the thumbs down celebration really mean?" You know, just out of curiosity. And Baez went on to explain that the thumbs down was uh, gesture was something that he had actually come up with with his teammates to 
kind of, uh, you know, um, strike back, I guess. That's the best I can say it. Yes. Him, Um, him, uh, Francisco Andor, and Kevin Pillar. Those are the three that did it. Yeah. And then there was a guy, I think Jonathan uh, VR had his thumbs up. So, you know, he had the spirit. I think. I think so. (laughs) He, He had the idea. But uh, thumbs were turned the wrong way, so he gets a pass. He, yeah, he's he pulled probably, a he, he pulled a Matt Duffy his, there. Yeah, he probably went home to his wife, and he was like, "Thank God, I messed up today." <laughs> he was, he was oh, probably boy. like, "Thank God, I, I forgot about that." So anyway, Baez explained that it was their way of striking back the fans who have been booing the Mets, who are below five hundred, despite their win today. They are below five hundred and something like seven and a half games out, and of course, coming into this season. With the addition of Francisco Lindor and uh, Trevor May and um, Carlos Carrasco, you know, they had a lot of talent. James McCann, they were big players in free agency. And they are sitting basically where they've been sitting the past six or so seasons. Ever since 2016 or so, they've been pretty terrible and dysfunctional and bad. And, of course, fans can boo when you go to a game, when you pay for your ticket when you pay to sit there for two, three hours, however long the game may be, you're paying the organization, you're paying the people that work there, and you're paying part of the player's salary. It's a small part, but you're helping to pay it, so you can boo when you go to a sports game. Baseball game, hockey game, you can do whatever you want, because you have the right to be there. So they, they, I think they can do it, but I just don't think it's... I just don't agree with doing it. Yeah, I mean that's 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 fine. Not every fan has to agree with it, like it. I don't like it personally. I don't. I don't boo the Cubs at all. I've never done that. Um, I boo opposing players like Molina and Pujols. Yes, is fine. people that yeah. deserve it. Yeah, they deserve it. I don't boo my team because I just I don't really I don't believe in that. Um. So, Baez was talking to the media, and he said, quote-unquote, I play for the fans, and, and I love the fans, but if they're going to do that, they're putting more pressure on the team, and that is per MLB on Fox. And he concluded by saying, when we don't get success, we're going to get booed. So they, the fans, are going to get booed when we get success. So basically what he's saying is the fans boo us, and us having the thumbs down is like booing them when we get success, which is not good. So um, he's lashing out at the fans here. I think at one point he said the fans have to be better and understand that you know we're struggling. And it was not pretty because as soon as he said all that, when he was done talking, there was like a 10-second pause. And then I think the reporters just said, okay, that's it. And they just left. And, you, and they, had, they had everything that they needed. To release a headline that now reads, Met uh, by the Daily News, let's go Mets. Fans, let's go Mets. And the Mets are, su- are supposedly saying, go to hell, fans. By says, thumbs down, really a big slap to the city field crowd. So this is a spiral down to control. Um, yes. Do you have any thoughts before I continue? This has become a huge story over the past few hours. I uh, will continue, I'm sure, to the end of the year. So do you have anything you'd like to say right now? I did uh, put up a story. Very, I wrote a, that's a paragraphs. 
three, four, five. That's a long, 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 long. It's been about 10 minutes writing this out. Uh, so I guess I'll just read it. Quote, unquote, from what I put down. So this is just about everything, not continuing on with what you're saying. Just mm. all of it in the whole. All right. I said just an awful look for the Mets. Javi's a leader who dedicates everything he does on and off the field to his deceased sister. He almost quit baseball after she died, and here he is several years later still playing great on the diamond and is one of the most liked players in the league. And for Mets fans to boo him during a game, especially since he's newly acquired, that's just horrible. He's literally on their team. Doing anyone in the middle of the game because their performance is horrible, especially your own players. Javi deserves so much better than that. Mets fans knew what they were getting when they traded for him. Yes, it is frustrating to watch him sometimes, but doing him is not the way to go. That takes away all of his motivation. They should be complaining to the front office instead of doing him. With that being said, the chances of Javi returning to the Mets are probably slim to none now. So a reunion with the Cubs is still possible. I wouldn't mind keeping him until our prospects are ready to be called up. So short-term deal, I wouldn't mind it. So that's that's what I got to say. I agree. Um, I don't know about bringing him back, but maybe a uh, proven short, deal. Short-term, yeah. Short-term, yeah. yes. Tell, getting on board with that. I feel Something like, to watch. Yeah, definitely bring draw in more fans. Yeah, if they can see Baez again, Plus, that would be a our payroll is going to be down to like fifty million next year. So lower, it it's like thirty-five million. Is it really? Yes, it's sweet Jesus. And yeah. apparently that uh the um what's it sportsbook thing could uh, double the team's value within just a few years. Oh, but wait a minute. The CBA, we're still unsure about that. You know, that's still up in the air, so we're not going to spend, and we're just going to let it go, and, you know, Patrick Wisdom is good, right? Right? 4,000 people that are... It's just some bullshit. It's just like, uh, I understand why they're not going to spend, but damn. This... They're going to pull every excuse out of their ass not to spend. All right. That is, that well, is with, the current, with the current state of the team, I like that. Yeah. Plus, going into the future, this generating more money is really good. So we'll have more money to spend when we're ready to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see it now. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we don't have the funds. Oh, really? Really? That's just... Oh, wait, what about that sports book? Oh, yeah, it turns out, like, that, uh, yeah, we, we uh, we forgot about that, so, you know, we're not going to worry about that right now. It's just, yeah, um, they shouldn't be spending right now, given the state of the team. You shouldn't become the Phillies and spend into oblivion while most of your top prospects aren't up or are failing terribly. But, uh, I want to see you spend something. Anyway, that is only part one. Part two is even more disastrous. And I'm starting to wonder just how low the Mets can sink. Because after this happened, pretty low. After this happened, the Mets 
Okay, first of all, the Mets uh, president of baseball operations is Sandy Alderson. Oh, oh God. And um, for those of you that remember, Sandy Alderson was the man that was in charge when um, the Mets went to the World Series in 2015. So, you know, Met fans are happy to have him back, I think, until this exact moment. Because, as I wait for the statement to load... Oh, wait, never mind, it's just on Instagram. All right. The Mets released an official team statement after Javier Baez's comments. And what this said statement said, as I pull it up on Instagram and take like five minutes to do so. Wait. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. All right, here we go. So this is a statement released by Sandy Alderson and the Mets in response to Javier Baez's comments. This came two hours after Baez talked to the media. So the story is already up and going wild, but here we go. This is like a, this is like pouring gas on a fire. In a post-game press conference today, Javi Baez stated that his quote-unquote thumbs-down gesture during the game was a message to fans who recently have booed him and other players for poor performance. These comments and any gestures by him or other players with, with a similar intent are totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Met fans are understandably frustrated over the team's recent performance. The players in the organization are equally frustrated, but fans at City Field have every right to every right to express their disappointment. Booing is every fan's right. They're not wrong, but yeah. Um, the Met fans will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed in a negative way toward our fans. I will, and then it says, I will be meeting with our players and staff to convey this message directly. Met fans are loyal, no, passionate, well, actually, yeah, they are loyal. They are passionate, knowledgeable, probably not, and, and more than willing to express themselves. We love them for every one of these qualities. End statement. And that, my friends, is how you completely fucking botch everything, ever. That is the worst thing they could have done. Because... And then... <laughs> Jesus... Then Steve Cohen takes to Twitter and he just casually says, yes, I missed Cohen. one of the biggest controversy was black jerseys. Oh my god. Cohen the, just... Cubs, the Cubs traded all of their star players, got like lost the season series 5-1 to one to the White Sox, have nobody recognizable on their roster except maybe Kyle Hendricks. And Wrigley attendance is plummeting, and yet... The Mets are the bigger dumpster fire here. It's yeah. It's just it's just gonna happen with them. How do you do this? How do you get? Oh my god! How do you get all of this so wrong? Oh Jesus! I don't, I just the Cubs have for as much shit as this fan base has given the ownership and Jed Hoyer and Yada and everything that they've done over the past. 18-ish months, they have not even come close to this. This is some... This is bad. This is like... This is not what you do. You don't throw your players under the bus when you're below 500 trying to save your season. Oh my god. Because then, you're just taking the side of the media and all of those people who are against it. It's like... It's one thing if the fans boo the player. I don't agree with that, booing your own players. But if your general manager 
comes out and says, like, yeah, what he was doing was wrong, and you guys are right for bullying him, I completely understand. That is not good. That is, that's not good. That's bad. And, uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts? You're talking you know, here. I don't know the funniest part of all this. What? At that, that, uh, Javi was booting. The one right before that, he hit a go-ahead 444-foot home run. <laughs> yes, he did. That was At that, right? Right? <sighs> like, they literally won the game. I don't... Yeah, they won the game. They won, they won the damn game. They won two in a row. What the hell? Like... I know if I'm Javi, I don't know why I would actually tell them what it means. Who goes out and is like, "Yeah, you know what? It's because you know, it's because of the fans." That's never a good idea. I don't care if you have a problem with the fans. That's not a good idea in general. But to do it in New York, that is not that is not okay, dude. That is, you're gonna land yourself in a world of hurt because you, you better believe that. All those sports writers are gonna come after you, like Indeed they the press, did. and like the art. Yeah, and they did. Like, not even the next day, they didn't even wait. They just released it. Like an hour later, they came out with that headline, and the fans are gonna turn on you, and they are gonna boo him so bad now. It's just, I mean, he's he's public enemy number one in New York right now for Met fans. It's just. Ooh! Wow. Yeah. Things went south. The whole thing is just uh, insane. I mean, yeah. Any chance that the Mets had of re-signing Javi or anything like that? First of all, if they had any interest, I bet it's gone. Second of all, any interest Javi had in staying in New York, I bet that's gone. Yep. So he will be gone after this season is over, because that's, yeah, that would not be a smart decision for either side to reunite. And, uh, yeah, that is basically the whole story to this point. Everyone is laughing at the Mets now, because I, I mean, think the worst, I think the worst part is that Everyone the whole season, like, just like every season. Oh, yeah, every season, but, like, you know, every once in a while they have some sort of weird happen happening that like would never happen anywhere else like for example um you know hiring an 82 year old pitching coach or something like that or when Brody Van Wagman threw a chair into a wall it's like it's that sort of stuff like this kind of fits in under that category Javier Baez calls out fans and gets fucking torched by the entirety of Queens um meanwhile the coach is just sitting Thousands of miles away, tanking, just winding down the season, hoping Pete Crow Armstrong gets healthy and thinking to themselves, "Thank God we are not a part of that." Yeah. Um. Say, so how many games we got left this year? We're oh, currently... I don't know. What's our record? Fifty-seven seventy-five. So, what about? Let's see. Still hmm. thirty, I think. I think that's 30 exactly. 
not 100%. Yes, it is. It is 30. That's 132 games. Is right. it? Wait. Hold on. 57, 57, 75. Yeah, it is. 132 games. All right. Wow. Hard to believe we're this deep in the season. Um, I mean, I'll, on top of all that, I think this just emphasizes the Cub, that the Cubs won the Javier Baez trade. Yeah, I mean, we, can talk we, about we kind of knew about that before, but... Uh, yeah, we did. They won it before now, but damn. I mean, we talked about how they won the Kimbrel trade. We're, you know, we're talking about that every day. Um, you know, that's been scrutinized because, you know, Kimbrel, Sox, Cubs, it's been under the magnifying glass. Cubs won a lot of the trades on deadline day. In fact, I don't think they've lost a single one of them, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't so think... This trade I is turning really... into... <laughs> turning into a, a mess for the Mets and a win for the Cubs. Because you know that the only logical outcome of all this is that Pete Crow Armstrong turns into like some sort of Hall of Famer. Yes. He will have uh, will be first ballot unanimously voted into the Hall of Fame. And Sets people. records for every single statistical category. It's just... And he'll kill the Mets. Yes. Every at bat he has against the Mets, he's going to hit a 500 foot home run. Yep. Something like that. He'll be like the next Ted Williams. Or Brad Miller against the Cubs. Ugh, Brad Miller. Uh, I don't actually really Pretty know what Pete Armstrong is like because I haven't seen him play. But yeah, he's supposed to be really talented. Um, <laughs> she, if Harvey was selling the Cubs this obviously wouldn't be happening because we're not going to boo our own players so yeah I mean I got, I got go ahead. a Mets fan coming to my DMs here he goes let me see he says Harvey is soft he's in New York what does he expect this isn't Chicago Oh. Mets Network. I yes. said poverty franchise on my story to the Mets, and he said you're one to talk. And I told him it's not even close. It's a clan show, and the Cubs are losing, but we are not throwing our players under the bus. Um, NYM con- Country says it's New York tough shit, and I said yes, it is. He's got to deal with it, and that's bottom line. I mean. Manny, Manny Ramirez, this is a different city, different circumstance, but I remember years ago, Manny, Manny Ramirez was traded over from the uh, Red Sox to the Dodgers in 2008, I think it was, 2007. No, yeah, it was 2008. Uh, World Series MVP in Boston, two-time world champion, leaves, and his leaving remarks were, the fans in Boston are great, but this team does, doesn't deserve me. And the city doesn't deserve me. And there were rumors forever that he was sick of Boston. Um, one, of his, one of his famous quotes is, don't change the menu in Boston because as soon as you mess up, going to a slump, fans are on you. Like that. Something like that. Same thing applies in New York. And yeah. We both, all know the Yankee fans. Both teams. Yeah. It's just the Yankee fans are known for booing. They booed Derek Jeter. Ah. Which is 
which is amazing. Um, uh, I don't yeah, since they still want to sit here and call him the greatest shortstop of all time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much the Met fans have booed individual players over the years. That's become kind of a Yankee tradition. They've booed Stanton and Judge and many players, but um, I mean, it's just if you go to New York, you must keep in mind that you're going into the the gladiator pit. I mean, the fans are just relentless. And the media is relentless. The atmosphere is different. You're always in the spotlight. There's never a break. People monitor your every move. And Chicago is no different. We have pretty intense fans here, too. I mean, I've seen... I've been to a few Cubs games where it's gotten ugly. People have booed, but they don't boo individual players. They don't boo that much. They complain, and they're never really happy. But they don't really express that. The media can be kind of a up-your-ass sort of you know, thing, but they're, you know, they don't, I've never seen anyone write anything like that about a player. You know, Mets go to, Mets say go to hell fans. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's worse than I imagined. I thought I would say something like, um, I don't know. I can't think of anything, but I I thought it would be something different. It's New York media exaggerating. Yeah. No, it was going to happen. Yeah, but you know what? The the post is like that. It's been that way for years. They have a lot of clickbait. Not clickbait, but like a lot of headlines like that. They put a clever spin on it. Um, get people to read it. Um, yeah, so it is an exaggeration, but at the same time, it's... Um, yeah, it's just not a good situation. That's all I wanted to talk about in regards to bias, and we'll see where this whole whole thing goes. I just think the worst part is that Sandy Alderson says in his statement, "Don't worry, guys, I'm going to address the whole team." Like we don't we don't need to know that. I don't care if you address the whole team or not. But also, that, I mean, could be the black hey, jerseys guys. they're talking about here. <laughs> like, hey guys, we're going to address the whole team. It's all going to be okay. Remember when Mets, Mets fans thought that he was a good owner just because of how rich he was? He is not. I've seen so many Met fans say, um, oh, Burrow Carey. Sorry, I'm looking at like minor league chats. I've seen so many Met fans say, like, I saw a Met fan earlier this week say something like, you know, oh, you know, the Mets are having a really bad season. And uh, Stephen A. Cohen has owned the team for a year, and he won't stand for this. And I thought to myself, I actually quote tweeted it, saying something like, "What, what, what, what led you to that conclusion? That man has—you said it yourself—the man has owned the team for less than a year. He's a businessman. That does not mean he's a good baseball owner, and his business tendencies." Like, there's no correlation. How you behave in business, like, does not, should not, and probably does not carry over into running a baseball team. I mean, I think he honestly should have just torn the whole team down and rebuilt it himself, like uh, the Ricketts and did, and Theo did in 2011. That would have been smart, but he didn't. And I, I don't know. 
you have to wonder uh, when his expiration date is for Medfan. Like, when they turn on him at some point. If they haven't already. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh... It's just... I just don't want to say. I never thought that something like this was going to happen, so not really prepared and it all just kind of came at me really quickly today. Well, do you want Javi back? Like I was saying earlier, I wouldn't mind keeping him until our prospects are ready to be called up on a short term deal, of course. You know, that is going to draw in the fans and brand some more money. Yeah. And yes, his fan right. favorite. It's, but I don't see any harm in doing it. Especially with how low our payroll is going to be. It's not going to... For the future. True. Um, I mean, I agree. You know, uh, a, pr- a deal of like over... A deal like over um, three years, no thanks. Like we don't. I mean, three years maybe, but I think two years. I mean, he has played himself out. This elite free agent class that's coming up with the likes of Correa and Seager and Story. Yeah, I mean, this even uh, signing a two or three year deal could and playing good there would really. Uh put him back in there, gives him another chance to prove himself. Yeah, I mean, we, all, we, all know, we all know what he's capable of. I want him to go to a contending team after his contract with us would end up. I mean, that's what we thought we were doing when we gave him to the Mets, but Jesus, man, what the hell happened there? Um... Yeah, I, I thought he was going to a contending team, and then he wasn't. <laughs> when we traded him, he was going to a contending team. And that's where oh, he was out of there. Um, what? What happened? I'm seeing a Bob Nightingale tweet from 2017. I am seeing that too. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, oh yeah, well, let me find it first. Oh, and on cue, here's the highlight of Bodies hitting the home run. Um, my God, where'd it go? It was, like, it was like Addison Russell saying, I want to be in the ultimate role model. I'll read it out. <laughs> I'm not going to February 10th, 2017, 9.01 a.m. Eastern. On his way. Hashtag Cubs star as muscle wants not only to be the best shortstop in the game, but also be ultimate role model. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Awkward Bob moment. <laughs> Oh, 
can't remember. Was all the allegations after World Series? I can't even remember when it all started coming out. 2018. 2018? Really? Yeah. I was like in the middle, like right after the World Series. No, it was way after that. He finished out 2017, then during the winter, there were accusations made. They tendered him a contract in 2019 for some strange reason. And, uh, yeah. I believe he's in Korea right now. Yeah, last I read, he was in Korea hitting 200. Well, hopefully he's redeemed himself as a human. Yeah, yeah. Something I didn't think about until, like, the other day was, if you do that, like, if you get involved in something like that, you know, people around you will not like you. Like, that sounds really basic, but, like, you'll have a hard time getting with anybody else or, like, having a success, like, finding another path. Like, if he wants to get married someday or have a, a wife and kids, like, he'll have a hard time doing that because of his past. So that's just not something I had thought about until the other day. Until that point, yeah, I, until the other day, I just kind of thought to myself, like, wow, kind of a shitty person. But if he wants to ever get back on his feet and, you know, get a wife and a kids and family, like, that's a really hard thing to do for anybody. But, you know, if you're a celebrity, that's even yeah. harder because it's all publicized. I'll deserve more chances than just one. So uh, I, think he's, I think he's been pretty he, clean after. Well, the question is, will they give it to you or not? Some people will, but some people will not. Yeah, I, some people just don't want to let things go on and let people redeem themselves. I think he has. I think he's been good ever since. I haven't really paid attention, but I haven't heard anything else about it. So I guess he's yeah. just trying to keep a low profile. Well... Messy situation. I still don't know why we tendered him a contract. That was dumb. That was, in my opinion, that was Theo's worst move. And his uh, president. Not anything contractual or anything. I think his worst move was keeping it around. It's just obvious decision. Guys abuse his girlfriend, fiance, whatever. Do you keep him? No, you don't. It's only 27. Yeah, he was young. He was 22 when they won the series. He's the youngest Cub on the roster. Supposed to be a star, superstar, and he had one good year. But, oh, because of been all right at shortstop since, so, all right. Uh, damn. Korean numbers not looking well at all. No. 72 WRC plus. Yikes. I can't. He never even reached a hundred with the Cubs either. His highest was ninety five in twenty sixteen. Yeah, in twenty in twenty sixteen, he had twenty five homers with ninety five RBIs, and that was his best year. And then the year after that, I think he hit like two hundred five, something like that. And then in twenty eighteen, had another kind of shitty season. Or maybe, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe he missed a lot of 2018 because he was on leave. Um, I think that was... I don't know. 
I think I was 19. Yeah, because I remember I saw him hit a home run in 2019. Oh, the only memory I have of seeing him in a game was uh, that sad Yankees game when he got that double off roll to Shatton. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that we were both at that game. Yeah. Sadly. Sadly, yeah. That wasn't fun. Anyway, I think that's all we have to talk about right now. Javier Baez is in some hot water. Anthony Rizzo isn't really performing for New York despite getting a game-time hit tonight. Um, but yeah. That is it. In my opinion, that's all I have to say. Do you have anything uh. else to say? I think it's good on my end. All right. And that's so that was uh, <laughs> that was a lot. A lot of talking. Yes, but tomorrow should be a lot shorter. Yeah, tomorrow should be normal. Somewhat. We only got uh, two games in Minnesota series. So I'll be at the second game. So I get to miss uh, Wednesday and Thursday for school. Thank Christ. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not busy on Mondays and Tuesdays. So okay. that's good. On these Tuesdays, oh God. I always I think everybody hates Monday. <laughs> yeah, I I hate Mondays and Tuesdays. All right. I think the worst day of the week is like Thursday. Well, yeah, maybe. I could see that. Um, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. We'll see you next right. time. Yes. Uh, he is so banned on Twitter. So, still J underscore Austin. Steel underscore. Steel underscore. I keep forgetting that other part. Yeah. So, there's that. And I am still making two strikes with a Z. And I'm hoping to get a a better amount of followers. I'm at 133 right now. Hopefully, I can get to 200 by the end of the season. Probably won't, but. With the shot. No, 133. All right. Yes. All right. That concludes this episode. We will be recording again tomorrow in the afternoon. So we'll get two episodes in two days. How fun is that? Yep. Um, See you next time. See you then.